It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Fuji's concert started three hours late. Can't say we didn't see that coming. Microsoft announced new Surface devices, and they all sound kind of awesome. Google security escorts a black employee with a badge off campus because someone didn't believe he was an actual employee. And the conditions some food delivery contractors work under in big cities like New York aren't just miserable, they're downright dangerous. We've got all this and just a little bit more in this episode of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And it's your girl, Tech Life Steph from Philly. And from the suburbs of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. So, y'all, we on episode, what is this, episode three? Yeah, it's it, zero it, thing you did mess with. I, I know, the, the zero, zero thing <laughs> messed us up. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so, for, you know, for, for the OGs, the ones who have been listening since the beginning of the month or last month, because all these shows literally have got up in the last couple of weeks. Zero was what we did for DTNS Experiment Week. And then we officially started with episode one, two was last week. So this is three. So all we're right. just going to start counting from here. I know this is actually the fourth show, but we're just going to, we're just going to call it three and, and, and keep it pushing. But uh, anyway, how was y'all's weeks? I'm doing good, man. Can't complain. Trying to figure out, um, and I already know the answer, but trying to figure out if I'm going to cop some Fuji's tickets. But uh, based on the news, (laughs) based on the news, you might, might, yeah, I might want to hold back on that because it seems like. I can't. I can't. So they already had a show in New York, I think it was. Yes. Yeah. It was a pop up show in New York. Right. And they already showed, according to the, Stories that I read, uh, of course, I guess prior before the course, they sh- uh, showed up mad late, started three hours after the show. That so so disrespectful, man. But, I, I'm but, sorry. It just is. But somebody I, I put the I shared it on Facebook and somebody I know who is a um, in the industry. He's not a celebrity or artist or anything like that, but he's connected. And he brought up a good point with this first New York show. He made it the point that said, okay, well, doors probably opened at seven o'clock. Let's just say seven because I don't remember the actual time. It was, yeah, it was supposed to be seven. Doors opened at seven. And he said it's highly unlikely for a actor or an artist to actually play when the doors open. Now that Of course. But, I know but that. But three hours later, though, come on, right. and it was on a, it was like on a Wednesday, and so it was right. during the week. And, and, we, and we all the know, we all know who was late. <laughs> it wasn't all three Fugees. It was probably late. There, there was, True. there was it one. Was probably, it was probably one. It was, pr- it was probably one in particular. Um, you know, one Ms. Lauren Hill, who is an is, awesome yeah. artist, but she is notorious. For showing up late to the point to where they actually put things in her contracts with venues for where she does stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's ridiculous. It's hard and to it give the benefit a venue of the where doubt. You had to stand the whole time. Right. And now you're right. on your feet. And like I said, Fuji's, the Fuji's core audience are probably Gen Xers. So right. they ain't young. You know what I mean? They got to go. And we got things to do. Right. 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 They got to pick up kids. Right. <laughs> just, just disrespectful. Don't do that to your fans, man. Don't I was, I was, right. I was hoping. I, w- I was hoping because it's like, okay, that. If if the first like five or six go good, it might be I can go to this city and see it here. Right. And but. they said not only were they three hours late, they 
performed for less than an hour. Yes. So you only right. doing 45 minutes. And, but I've been here for four hours. And I've been here for four hours. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> right, right. So all that to say, the Fujis are coming to Atlanta, and uh, that, like you, like Stephanie said, it's probably going to be. I'm, I'm gonna have to pass on this one. <laughs> no, I just I don't have that kind of time to mm-hmm. wait Mm-mm. for. It, it, and here's the coming to Philly, so I don't care. But you know what? If you go to this concert at this point, with all that is known. You can't be upset. You 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 have well, maybe you have to know. You have to expect that. Okay, it starts at seven. It really ain't starting until nine thirty ten. You just kind of right. have to know so, that this is this is this is cool. This group is and has been right. for decades. So, so um, I have my co-host on my other podcast, Snob OS. Check him out. Um, she is a concert person. So her and she's got like a little concert crew, quote unquote. And, you know, they go to all the Beyonce's, all of the, you know, the high end shows, you know, if it's a, somebody who's, you know, they want to go, they'll go see them. Right. She went to Lauren Hill's concert when she was doing solo here in Atlanta and she had the same problem. It was a mess. It showed up late. The venue had a strict we have to end by this time. Right. She didn't show up until five minutes, minutes until. Right. And then they cut the mics. They cut the mics because mm. in this neighborhood, there's some rich white folks in this area and they don't play that. So, but um, what she said was other cities, they got this awesome, great performance. They loved it. Everything went smooth. It was the concert you would assume that she would put on. So it's almost like you're rolling the dice to where well, if that, you go. I think that's go, the thing, especially right. with her. You you never know what you're going to get on any right. given night. You know, you may get the, the concert of a lifetime mm-hmm. or nothing, like literally nothing. And right. it's just like that's con- concerts cost too much money. Yes, you know, they do. Too much time. It, 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 time. You you mm-hmm. you're probably going to dinner beforehand. Mm-hmm. So you're this is an evening out, you know, right. an experience you're trying to create when you don't know you got a 50-50 chance of it going really, really well or going completely south. And right. that's just too much, you know, that's not those aren't good odds for me. No. Those no. are not good no, enough not odds at all. for me. And then like I was listening you know, listening to some of the commentary and looking at a lot of the the tweets and the Facebook and Instagram messages. And it was like, they even said that like Wyclef and Proz, they just kind of looked almost disinterested in the whole thing. <laughs> so it's just like anybody who is a Fuji's fan, uh, you know, that they, there's, they, there's drama with this group. It is awesome mm-hmm. music. It is awesome music, but listen, attend- I, I still got that CD somewhere. I can listen to it at the house. Attend mm-hmm. at your own risk. But uh, this is a tech show, so we probably should talk about <laughs> some tech at some point in this show. So I know y'all are, you know, um, Terrence, you are the Apple guru of the group. But uh, th- there is another operating system out there called Windows <laughs> um, that I tend to partake in. So Surface, or I should say Microsoft, they announced some new Surface devices. Either of you take any... Um, you know, take any, uh, you know, peekings into what was going on with the Microsoft announcement. Uh, I saw it just enough to root on my homeboy, uh, Scott Hanselman. I saw him, uh, uh, doing a presentation for their, um, is it the laptop studio? Which one is the big one? The big that they actually do the developing on and all that good I stuff. I think that is the, yeah, studio. the surface, lap- yeah. surface laptop studio. Okay, so I tuned in. Yeah, I tuned in to see my homeboy, uh, Scott Hanselman, do his uh, presentation. And uh, then I I bounced out. (laughs) So I'll be honest. Go ahead. So, yeah, that that one, that that is the big daddy. So the laptop studio Mm -hmm. runs an 11th Gen um, um, Intel Core H35 processor and an NVIDIA GeForce RTX GPU. So theoretically, this thing should be able to handle immense amounts of work. And I, and I hope so because it's expensive. It's not, it is mm-hmm. not for the faint at heart. It is, it is a premium laptop, but they also announced uh, other service, uh, surface devices. Uh, you know, let me just start here at the, at the low end. You've got the uh, surface go three. 
I personally am not a huge fan of the surface, not because of any lacking in the device itself. It's just that it's not lappable, uh, meaning that it's, it, it is a tablet. It's got this click on keyboard. Right. And the way that I use my laptops, it is, it is not uncommon for me to just grab the laptop by the keyboard base or by the base of the laptop and walk around with it. You can't really do that as easily with a surface. Now, I know that the thing clicks and folds up very quickly. And when you open it up, it is instantaneously on. It is just not for me. That being said, my wife and my daughter have them and they absolutely love them. So was interested to see the Surface 3, um, you know, come out um, just because we have, I believe, the original uh, um, Surface Go, which is getting a little bit long in the tooth. Um, Microsoft also announced a Surface Pro 8 um, and a Surface uh, Duo 2. Um, now the Surface Pro 8 basically is uh, just a newer version of the Surface. Um, they upgraded the specs in that a little bit. Uh, there's a Surface Pro X. Didn't receive too much of an update, um, but uh, they lowered the price on it. And then the one thing that you would think that I would be interested in it because I'm so into Android is the Surface Duo 2. I don't know if you guys have checked that out. That's but the tablet with it the two flipped. screens. Yeah. yeah. Like so yeah, uh, it looks like the Z Fold, the Galaxy Z Fold. So so mm-hmm. it's a little different. The Z Fold is one screen. When you unfold that thing, it is one giant screen. This right. is like a book. You open it up and there's two physical screens that you're using. And I've been saying this since the original Surface Duo. It seems to me like it is a device looking for a business critical issue. I don't know what this solves. At this price, because it is not inexpensive. This thing starts at fifteen hundred dollars. Not at the not at the price, but I can see now with all of our telecommuting, well, all of our mobile productivity that was not there with the Surface Book. I think it's what the original one was called. Um, I could see now there being a somewhat of a use case to where if you're on the go. And you are joining a team, Microsoft Teams, because Microsoft Teams wasn't there with the older devices to where with Teams, you can actually join a call, watch video and actually join the whiteboard where you pull out the little um, the the stylus mm-hmm. and actually draw on the whiteboard, mark up a PDF, whatever the case may be. Uh, again, why wouldn't you do that on a Surface device? You know, if you've just got this Surface Duo 2 and you're on a quick call and you need to scribble up something, I can see those two screens coming in handy because, again, like I mentioned, we're all mobile now, more so than before when it first came out. I didn't pay a ton of attention to this. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I've always appreciated um, how, you know, kind of high end surfaces are considering their tablets, they always get spoken of in the same breath as laptops. When you're talking about what's the best laptop, the Surface is typically um, in that mix as well. Um, But I did watch, I was watching a little bit of HSN actually, Home Shopping Network, because they debuted uh, an HP laptop with Windows 11. And that had some really interesting new upgrades and, and features. So um, I'll be curious. I think they they had sort of an advance. I don't think Windows 11 is actually out yet um, uh, throughout the country or globally or anything. But they mm-hmm. they they were calling it an advance, or or we have the 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 first look at Windows 11. So it'll be interesting to to see what kind of um, hype that gets. There's one feature of the Surface. Uh, laptop studio that I really like. Um, I have, I've had the two in ones because it's kind of like, well, why not get it with a touchscreen and be able to flip it over and use it as a tablet? I don't really use laptops that way all that often, but it is kind of a nice feature. But the thing that I've always kind of just didn't like about the two in ones is that when you flip the screen over and you're holding it as a tablet, you can still fill the keys on the bottom. Now the keyboard, yeah. the keyboard is disabled and you can't really do anything with hitting the button. But is it though? And does it disable quickly? And I might be just biased from like HP products, but I know even just that act of flipping sort of you, you kind of engage some keys and now you don't press the button you didn't want to press. And, you know, and then that process of engaging it back to sort of laptop 
uh, format like that. I don't like that. Okay, I, so I, it's just, it's not it's fan, not just obviously. me. I just just <laughs> I'm not a fan. It just doesn't feel good. It's like I'm holding it. It's like I could you know I, I I'm very easily distracted. So I just want to start playing with the buttons. Um, but this this new uh, laptop studio, the way the screen hinges is that it it literally like hinges in multiple. You almost have to see a video of it to kind of understand it. But when you actually put it into laptop mode, the screen actually folds over top of the keyboard. So what you end up having is a ridiculously heavy actual tablet. You know, it it, it truly is a tablet in this sense because so there it are, covers the screen. So it covers, I mean, the, it keyboard. covers the keyboard. Yes, the the screen actually covers the keyboard. Uh. So but it's but the reason why they call it studio is because it doesn't lay flat. There still is an angle to the screen when you fold it on the um when you fold it on the keyboard from what I could tell from the video that I saw. It doesn't completely lay flat, so it couldn't lay flat and then I hold it like I'm reading something or whatever. It actually does have a little bit of an angle. If you can see my hand there. A little bit of an angle to where it does have a display angle to where you're actually looking at it to where you can then pull out the stylus and do whatever the case may be. But it doesn't lay perfectly flat. Uh, quote me if I'm wrong. That would that would mess with my OCD. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it really would. For me, though, that works better because once again, this is is not a it's not like you're gonna be walking around with an iPad. It, it is it's mm-hmm. heavy. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it is not a light device. So the chances that you're going to actually just be walking around like it's a, uh, you know, like a tablet, like you would with a tablet where you just have it in mm-hmm. your hand, you put it on your arm. I don't really think you're going to be doing this with that the type of device. So I don't mind that just because it does give you those additional angles. And I could see if you were an artist and you were drawing on the screen, you, you know, giving you those additional angles um, w- w- when you. You know, you could just very easily push, you know, the screen back and your keyboard's right there without having to pick the whole thing up and flip it over. It was just kind of an interesting uh, use case. But anyway, I don't know if any of these devices are for me. I really do like, uh, like the Surface uh, Pro 8. Um, from a spec standpoint, on a on a what what I would say is a upper low end range or a lower mid range uh, type laptop, which generally can do pretty much anything less game. Um, but it's just that because it's not terribly lappable, you know, I, it changes that use case for me. That's what, you know, keeps me from wanting to get one. But the, the specs in these are, are pretty nice. And, uh, like I said, on this, on this studio, I really want to see how this thing handles, you know, rendering 4K, 6K, 8K video, because that's what I would use it for. If I were going to get something like that, it, it would be a workhorse, uh, type machine. So anyway, like I said, Microsoft, I still think that uh, even though your boy Scott had a nice, uh, you know, you know, he, he had a pep in the step. He actually was doing what he could do. Microsoft really needs to pay attention to Apple and how they do their their launch events. It just 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 bite. Just just take some take some of their ideas <laughs> and just do it because it's like it's. It's it's hard to watch. It's it's I don't want to say it's hard. It's, I mean it's very very well produced, that but it's just was, not exciting uh, to watch it. That that was like last week sometime, right? Yeah, uh-huh. I remember because I I actually had it on and was trying to watch, but just got so disinterested. I mean, <laughs> you know, my bad, Microsoft. Yeah, holler at your girl. I come up there and you know, <laughs> yeah. for you. But um, yeah, I I did. I had it on, kind of in the background. I I usually do with launches, and and it just didn't. Like you said, grab my attention and it was on, but I was not paying attention to it at all. It literally just sat on my, you know, my second screen uh, on my desktop and ran and streamed. And and I didn't and I was doing work on my other screen and just didn't even regard it, basically, because it just wasn't engaging enough. Apple gives you butterflies and bubbles right at that moment that you're about to tune out that catches your attention again. That's what Microsoft needs to bite. They they need to just well, they need put, better storytelling. Yeah, you know, so. that's all. It's just like storytelling and presentation. So, yeah. But uh, everything I, can't I, be. I, now I remembered. I was like, I was watching that. I totally <laughs> didn't finish watching it. Yeah, so it's and, and their events. They're always like that. The stuff is top notch. I mean, these Surface devices will probably be some yeah. of the best laptops out. But it's just not. 
you know, it's just not a terribly entertaining uh, watch. But uh, since we've already started talking a little bit about Apple, um, let, let's talk about some things that, you know, Tim, Tim Cook says that if, if, if you leak stuff, you don't belong at Apple. That's a, that's a strong mm-hmm. statement. You're, you're, you're one of the biggest companies on the planet. <laughs> you are the richest company on the planet. I mean, he ain't lying. Um, is one thing to get a digital copy of your employee handbook and then to just email that from your Apple email address to some reporter. But you you can't really mean that when you have a all-company type meeting and somebody's going to call their friend who happens to be a reporter after this. I don't know. What, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I mean, this was this – was, this was this was something that you wouldn't necessarily hear coming out of Apple. At least I didn't well, think you would hear something like this coming out of Apple. It's like if you leak, you just don't need to be here. Well, not directly, right? My my issue with this is it seems like Tim Cook has really taken a dislike to his own Apple employees that leak just memos about all hands meetings or you know, company emails regarding whatever the case may be. In this case, you know, he had an all hands on meeting where he was talking about uh, COVID, um, whether or not they're going to let people work. What, let me rephrase whether or not Apple is going to force people to require um, to get COVID vaccinations in order to come back to the office. They were kind of like, uh, yeah, we're encouraging, strongly encouraging, but they stopped at actually require making it a requirement he also talked about the uh, Epic, Apple versus Epic case. So all of that got leaked, right? So back to my original point was I find it odd that Tim Cook is now decides he wants to go scorched earth on Apple employees who are leaking company emails when that same fire is not there when actual Apple products get leaked by supply to supply chain by manufacturers, all of the leaks that kind of came down the pike, you know, when Apple, every time they announce an announcement or release a, a new product during an announcement, all that stuff kind of gets leaked. We may not get everything right. We may not get, you know, whatever the case may be, but some stuff gets leaked. And I, I you, you've heard stories about Apple cracking down on product leakers, but it sounds odd that he's really like, okay, that stuff, we're going after that. But this stuff right here, we really don't like this. And I kind of find it odd that that keep that same energy, I guess, is what I'm look, what I'm trying to say is when Apple is actually products are getting leaked, renders are getting leaked, specs are getting leaked, but not them talking about whether or not they're going to require COVID. Well, I don't I don't necessarily think product leaks hurt the company. You know, I, uh, I think maybe, for, for, yeah, so for Apple it, right. and for Apple in particular, mm-hmm. um, I think product leaks just get folks more hype for product releases, you sure. know, and oh man, this is going to be, you know what I mean? Like Mac rumors is a whole forum for, for that type of thing. So, um, you know, they probably, I, I think they, they go hard on, um, counterfeit devices and, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, entities that are, are trying to put out fake Apple products, but, um, but just design leaks, I don't, I don't think, or, I mean, that's just, that's, that's a case of all press is good press. Right. And, you know, you're keeping Apple's name in your mouth, talking about them and, and getting people hyped for whatever is to come. Um, it always seems like there's something slightly different from what got leaked, uh, that gets released anyway. So, you know, it, I think that game, I think that's a game that they like to play mm-hmm. to keep folks on the hook. I think right. once you start talking about actual company business, like you putting our business in the street for real, for mm-hmm. real, you know, uh, talking outside the family, then right. then that's a little bit different um, situation. And and I think a lot of that information does need to stay uh, mm-hmm. within the within the confines of the company. Yeah, it was just when when I initially read it, and clearly they wrote the the headline to make it very clickbaity. It worked absolutely. But I was like, <laughs> you know. Leaking stuff out of Apple is kind of Apple's thing. I mean, this is, as you were saying, Terrence, this is not something that they don't regularly do or allow to happen and actually relish in it. Um, you know, it's it, it helps them when it's product related stuff. 
about stuff that's actually coming out, you know, right before it comes out because it creates the buzz. It get, oh, there's something new coming. I need to check, you know, l- let me go check to see if I can get that new phone. When is the new date going to come out? All these leaks help that. So mm-hmm. it, as you said, keep that same energy when it comes to people talking about how they feel about working for your company. So, mm-hmm. um, Stephanie, you had a, uh, story that you had posted here. Um, about what fake, Facebook is doing uh, with Instagram. So uh, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, uh, uh, Instagram had been developing, well, Facebook via Instagram had been developing uh, an Instagram kids platform uh, for a while now that was supposed to not feature any ads. It was supposed to be directly targeted at at young people 13 and younger who aren't supposed to be on the Instagram platform at all anyway because their minimum age is 13 um, and it was supposed to have a lot more parental controls uh, that would be automatically enabled so the parents can, can kind of control who can follow their kids who they can DM, who they can message what type of stuff they are privy to uh, in their feed and different things like that um, but there were a ton of different groups and organizations, 44 different Congress people spoke mm-hmm. up, um, the Center for Humane Technology, Common Sense Media, which is a, a really great resource for parents. Um, a lot of people spoke up about the idea that you do not need to create yet another way to get people addicted to social media, basically, because, uh, you know, quite honestly, I don't see anything else changing. I mean, you know, for all the listeners out there, I, I this is sort of a story near and dear to my heart because I have a uh, workshop called Till Death Do You Tweet that teaches good digital citizenship. And I see this over and over and over with the young people that I speak to. Um, they don't need another platform. They don't, you know, and I'm not saying that we need to get a, get rid of social media altogether, um, but I don't think we need another platform per se. I think the platforms we have need to need to work better. And I think we need to do a better job of educating parents on how to manage their their kids' social media, because that I think is the even bigger problem because I talk to parents as well and mm-hmm. they literally are like, we don't know what they're doing with those phones. They take the phones in their room and we don't know how to use them. And we're mm-hmm. so behind and and we're intimidated and we don't know what, what, what are we supposed to do? And at the end of the day, you have to be a parent. And, but you also have to get tech savvy enough uh-huh. to help your kid manage these platforms. So just giving the kids a separate platform, I don't think is going to make that much of a difference because the predators will just follow them there. And, and, and when they put their, uh-huh. you know, age in there, they'll, they'll say they're 12 because that's what they're doing now, you know, and, and you look at what's happening with YouTube kids and the fact that there is more porn on YouTube kids platform than there probably is on the regular YouTube platform. So it's just like having a whole separate entity doesn't do anything, but, you know, try to make the the platform look like they're doing something when they're really not. It, it's really a matter of the tools and the and the and the utilities that are already on the platform that exists and a campaign. I think you know the the platforms are responsible for educating the parents as well um, to help the parents understand how to use all of these things um, that are happening. But the 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 point, and I think I just sort of buried the lead completely. Instagram has decided to pause Instagram kids for now while they work with different organizations and entities to figure out how to make it, you know, so that it won't be so addicting and and whatever. But I'm just like, there's, I just don't believe there's a way to do that. Um, And I think that they need to focus on the stuff that they already have. Right. And you made a good point earlier, you know, the kids are just going to find a way around these controls anyway. You know, I'm uh, reading from the story. Uh, one of the people says the re- reality is that kids are already online and we believe that developing age appropriate experiences designed specifically for them is far better for parents than, than where we are today. Uh, not if the kids can figure out how to get around it and, it and unlock all the stuff they want to see in the first place, which goes back to your original point. We already have enough platforms yeah. we don't need to indoctrinate the indoctrinate these kids seven year olds younger you know right, six year olds with instagram accounts and stuff like that it's like what is the point of that and you know it just it's not necessary yeah I, right I, I find myself sitting here thinking um when i first read this story and you're going to create an instagram for kids under 13 so how did that meeting go 
Someone at Facebook <laughs> says, you know what would be really cool? If we could start building those ad profiles on kids younger than 13. We can get them when they're seven. That's just six more years of information that we get. And that's the thing. And it's not like they're not going to collect right. that information. So they're just not going to use it to target them right now. Right. So but right. wait until they turn, you know, 12 years old and, and, and 364 days. You know what I mean? They, they got the finger on the button. So it's just, I know I, I literally played this whole conversation out because somebody probably said, well, these are kids under 13. You really can't do that advertising there. Earth will erupt. OK, let's not do ads on them. Let's just get them really addicted to Instagram so that when they do turn That's 13, it. then they'll start using it and we can start building that profile from there. I, I, I'm, I'm saying that facetiously, but not really. It's like, w- w- what is the purpose of this? Uh, Facebook does nothing that does not benefit Facebook. That's right. Um, no company. Right. You know, that's not that's not true. There are companies that do things that are truly goodwill type companies. Um, Facebook doesn't do Facebook. things <laughs> that does not benefit Facebook. So we're going to go spend millions potentially of, of dollars to create this platform safe for space. this safe yeah. space right. because we're just good corporate citizens and we want these children to no. be safe. Right. Uh, no, I, you know, I, what is the I, ulterior I do credit motive? That report that that got leaked, <laughs> um, that recent report that came out that that mm-hmm. Facebook knew how. Mm-hmm how how Instagram mm-hmm. was addictive mm-hmm. and how it was damaging the self-esteem of young girls. Um, but they downplayed it. I think that had a lot to do with why they're um, putting this on hold right now. So, you know, Hey, whoever out there leaking stuff, keep leaking. Um, Cause mm-hmm. we need to see this. And, and it's it, funny. I watched the um, Adam Masseri, the CEO of Instagram, put a video on Instagram today talking about why they decided to to put it on hold. And he sounded very earnest and very, you know, astute and very uh, like forthright, con- conciliatory, mm-hmm. yeah, all of that mm-hmm. good stuff. And I was like, man, come on, y'all <laughs> just waiting for the heat to die down <laughs> before y'all try to come back with some stuff. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, even from the from the kid standpoint. I don't want my child posting pictures on Instagram when they're, you know, like seven, eight year Ten old. Ten years old. I, yeah. I do not want them. If there's I one thing. I barely do it now with my kids. Yeah, um, I'm just and you thinking. should be mindful of that because you're you're creating that digital footprint for them now, you know, not necessarily with their consent. And and that's going to follow them around. So you got parents. I, I, uh, I, I said something about that a couple of weeks ago about the school pictures and, you know. But that's, again, where parents need to be better educated on these tools. And, and, and we're not getting that. We're definitely not getting that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So b- before we get to our, our, our main story, uh, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but. Ah, Google. <laughs> Google has exposed their Karens. Um, so, so let me just tell the story. Show they ass again. Yes. <laughs> so basically, there is a black employee at Google. His name is Angel Onoha. Onoha. He's an employee. This dude works for Google. He's riding his bike around campus. He has a badge. He's he, he is on campus at the place that he works. Someone who we don't know who the someone is, but someone said, we don't think this person works here. So security gets him. They look at his badge. 
has his name on it, has an information, but I don't know that they, they may have had some kind of issue with their badging system. And they decided that we're going to take your badge. You need to leave after holding him for 30 minutes, trying to figure out who he was. And if you have any questions, just contact security. Um, and we're going to let them handle it. And I'm just like, Google, come on now. There's not, there's, there's not a, 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 a day that ends in, what do they call it? There's not a day that ends in day that we wouldn't be able to talk about a story like this. Like, honestly, it just, it, it's, it's so frustrating and, and exhausting. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw this story maybe a a week or so ago and I saw other people (laughs) join in or, you know, uh, uh, dogpile on Google, actual employees at Google. And again, I don't know if this is true or not, but it was so funny. This guy said he worked security at Google and he was on lunch in one of the public cafeterias having lunch during his lunch break. He gets a call on his walkie. <laughs> he gets a, he gets a call on his walkie-talkie, and <laughs> one of his supervisors or somebody said, "Hey, you know what? We'll call him Al." <laughs> right? There's a suspicious guy in on the second floor lunch, uh, second floor uh, break lunch. You know, uh, once you get off, once you get off, can you you know go ahead and investigate this? And he said, "I spent an hour walking around looking for myself because he was the suspicious crazy. person that somebody called crazy <sighs> crazy crazy and the thing i looked the, the thing i noticed in this in the story um that that we looked at on yahoo the the quote that they gave now that now the brother said he was riding his bike and somebody called on called the popo on him and they took his id and everything but google's statement says we learned that the employee was having issues with his badge due to an administrative error and contacted the reception team for help the spokesperson said after they were unable to resolve the issue the security team was called to look into and help resolve the issue like that don't sound nothing like what that brother's actual experience was mm-hmm. you know in this whole situation and 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 the 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 spin just just made me mad it just really pissed me off because that was nothing but spin google know they did wrong and they need to just apologize before this brother sue them and mm-hmm. and 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 do better oh his job security is tight for a while <laughs> that that we know but it, it, you know once again this time i did not get into the comments because I know where they're going to go. So I'm just imagining we don't know what there are happened. some comments. We well, didn't see. W- what is the big deal? They ultimately got it figured out. And it's just like, why, why is it always got to be figured out with black and brown folks? Right. Why, Cause it know, never has to be figured out with white folks. And it's, I'm just, you know, like I said, I, I, I don't know. They, they haven't put the full postmortem of, of what went down, but my man is on the campus with a badge that says he's supposed to be on the campus and that wasn't good be enough. enough. It that wasn't be enough. enough. And it should have been enough. And and we never get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. This badge never. looks legit. Let's never. Well, you know what? Let's go check and make sure that you're well, the name in the system is legit, but we're still not and sure. It's so Google. How hard would it have been to verify that within seconds? Isn't, if if isn't, you felt like you had to do that. Isn't this what Google does? <laughs> I mean All day, I mean you you would think they that they could just search for the brother? <laughs> it's like Google, Google, Google. Right. I'm just saying, Google take a picture of him, put him on Google Lens, and see if he comes up. I would imagine that they can do that Come at Google. On. Come they on, absolutely could have done that. They just chose not to, and that's the problem. So, like I said, I, I that's the problem. I did not want to harp like on I this said, story, there, but there, when, ain't a, when, there ain't a day that ends in day when egregious <laughs> stuff happens. And for those who are thinking, well, I don't see what the big deal is. The big deal is that we don't ever hear about this with our fair complected brothers and sisters out there. Well, and then the, the also be, and because they don't have to deal with it, they don't understand the trauma that right. it brings. This is not just a, a minor inconvenience Mistaken and the brother, identity. Missed, like, and no, the brother like, missed his bus because no, he had to wait. This is, it's not just a minor inconvenience. This is, this causes actual psychological trauma that can manifest itself in physical sickness in in mental illness and in all kind of different stuff because it gets perpetrated over and over and over again you know what i mean like this 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 little what's the big deal type thing has huge consequences down the line It's it's a huge ripple effect um that that you don't see if you're not experiencing it yeah and just the 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 process you have to go through 
just to convince somebody you are somebody. And it didn't work. It's like, we don't think you're supposed to be here. Show us your papers. We show Show you the papers. papers. Here's my photo ID with my name on it. Here's my Mm -hmm. actual ID that matches up to that. Yeah, that's not good enough. Let's go look in the Mm -hmm. system. In the system. Here's your name. Eh, I don't know if that's good enough. That's Here's what, what we're going to do. Uh, you hand us this badge and you get to step in. And if you got any questions about what we just did, you call security in the morning. Right. After you, know, you miss your bus to get back to the crib. And it's not just, you know, traumatic for him. That's triggering for me to read. Because now I'm wondering, dang, if, what if I go to Google next week, you know, step on a, like, or anywhere. It's just every black person feels a kind of way when they mm-hmm. hear a story like this. And that internalized trauma is real and it has very negative and detrimental effects on, mm-hmm. on our health. And just in general, like you said, Stephanie, you know, I wouldn't affect it directly. But guess what I don't do when I leave the house? You better believe I don't leave my wallet. Right. You better believe if I go walking around my own neighborhood with my own wife, you better believe right. I stuff my driver's license in my pocket. I shouldn't have to think that way. But That's stories right. like this reinforce that, okay, I need to make sure I know or I can prove that I am a person. At a some, human being. At some Basic point, human dignity. At, at some point, we're going to do a show where we will focus on diversity in the workplace. Um, just to give you a snit. You know, a snit tip of that. This is a Harvard educated bruh that just right. had this happen to him. He probably knows other black and brown folk who might be right for Google. What do you think the chances are he is not going to say, hey, you know what? You should look at Google as a career. <laughs> you know, you only might get hemmed up your Ten first couple of weeks there. Not recommend. <laughs> but it's just like you know, these companies have to do better. So I said, we're not going to hark on that. We're going to go ahead and move on because this main yeah. story, Stephanie, that you have. That you, you know, I want to let you introduce it, but yeah, this is a big one that, um, because I live, you guys live in ridiculously large cities. I live in a large city that everybody drives. So I don't see the issues of, uh, of what you're going to talk about here, uh, shortly, but, mm-hmm. uh, go ahead and tell us, uh, what our main story we're going to really get into, um, you know, here next. Right. So New York recently, uh, passed a few different bills to protect, um, the dignity of gig workers and, and specifically food delivery workers like Grubhub drivers, uh, DoorDash, Seamless, Uber right. Eats, yeah, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, because the the conditions that they were working in could not be described as anything less than inhumane. I mean, the ho- the restaurants they were delivering for wouldn't even let them use the bathrooms mm-hmm. when they when they came in. And, and I'm doing y'all a solid. You know what I'm saying? And just mm-hmm. and 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 the idea that I saw uh in in researching I I looked at a Twitter um Somebody tweeted a video of a guy during last week's uh, two weeks ago, Hurricane Ida blew through, flooded everywhere on the East Coast. And there was still a guy delivering food in waist deep water, pushing his bike. And it's just like, that's not noble. You know what I mean? We should we should. First of all, we as people who order delivery should should not be ordering delivery when there's there's a flood going on outside. Um, Have some kind of humanity but but that's not noble to to force people to work in those type of conditions so you know just the i just wanted to talk about the idea of how delivery workers gig workers in particular are treated in this country because they are mostly you know especially when you come talk about food delivery overwhelmingly black and brown and you know we we need to to do better to make sure that that their rights are protected so no absolutely go ahead right. James. No, I was just going to say absolutely, because, you know, we like Stephanie mentioned, you know, we take them for granted. You know, we we really we assume that when we put an order on our phone in an app that somebody's coming mm-hmm. when me in return, I am, for example, I'm concerned about me going to a restaurant because of this covid going around. So let me be careful and stay in the house for my family and stay close contact and then, but let me get on this phone and have somebody, (laughs) somebody else risk their life. (laughs) Right. (laughs) To bring me some pizza. Right. So, you know, we, we take them for granted. And the fact that some of these stories that are getting published, these stories that some of these gig workers are telling, it is not, it doesn't equate to the respect that they should be getting for going out 
and doing these things. Now we see it as, again, we see it as minor. Oh, it's just somebody working on their spare time right. or somebody part-time or somebody trying to save up for a vacation. No, that is not the case. These are people out here who cannot get a job any other way and have resulted, resorted rather to taking these jobs because that is the way that they pay their bills. And we're not That's treating right. them that way. We're treating them as, oh, this is something that they, this some college kid on the side trying to make some extra money for spring break. When in reality, the, there are people out there who are you making this, making a living out of this and we should treat them as such. They're supporting their family in New York City. There are over 80,000 food delivery workers. 42% um, said they experienced being underpaid or not paid at all. 75% say they use their own money for medical care. 54% reported being robbed. And 30% said they were assaulted during the robbery. So, I mean, you are taking, even if even if this is just your side hustle to make a couple dollars to, to flex in Cancun, you are literally risking your life to bring somebody, you know, a, a, a hoagie, you know, or, or whatever. And, and, there need to there needs to be protections in place for that kind of thing. So, like I said, the, the big city aspect of this that I'd never really thought about um, was the fact that a lot of these folks are getting jacked. What you said, fifty four percent have been 54%. robbed, thirty percent have been assaulted. Yes, that's almost a third. That's over half, yes. and it's almost a third that have been assaulted. And um, as I started reading a couple of Twitter stories. A big thing right now is trying to get a delivery person that's going to cross a bridge where they've got to go somewhere far from home and you jack them. You, you basically, you get their e-bike, you get the cash that they have on them, and then you, then you're rolling with an e-bike and the cash that they had on them. And this is like a regular thing there. This is people are delivering, you know, this food at their own peril in many instances. So that's the thought right. is I, I do see both sides of it because there are I, I know folks who do um who are the college student who are doing this just to have some extra cash to, you know they do this on the weekend i do know that there are some folks that are like that but they are the few the, the many are the ones who are doing this to support themselves and to support their family to where it is an 8 10 12 hour a day job where all you are doing is picking food up and dropping That's food right. off so the first the, the first thing that really stood out to me is that you're just not a good person when the person that is coming to deliver the food to generate business for your establishment, you don't even let them use the facilities to relieve themselves after they have, you know, been delivering food for you all day. That right. needs to get, it's like, do you have to make a law for that? Yeah, we, we have to make a we law for that. We have to pass a law like to let pass them a use for the that. bathroom. So, so there's that. But the, mm -hmm. the, the other part of it is like, you know, are they employees? Are they contractors? Contractors. Um, I, I would imagine well, that some of them the really problem, want to be yeah. a contractor and want to be treated as such. But I imagine that others, well, the only reason that I'm doing this as a contractor is because it's the only way that I can do it. Uh, I would love to have some benefits. I would love to have a day off and actually get paid for it. I would love to be able to go vote and um, not have to call off you know, or, or to you know, literally log out of an app and not make money when that happens. I would love to be able to go to a doctor's appointment. I would love to be able to go to a PTA meet. I would love to be able to do all these things that you do get with if you have a good enough job to have some benefits with it so it's it, you know you know it's, how it's do we tough because the, the labor secretary our current labor secretary has been pushing for that um but these companies have enough money to kind of squash it because uh uber did that when their drivers wanted to be classified as employees and they it was actually on california's ballot at one point and uber just uh -huh. Threw a bag of money at the problem in 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 marketing and PR and and convincing people that that was not the way to go and it, and it was defeated. So you know these companies got deep pockets and and they're they're maybe buying some politicians. They're definitely you know swaying public opinion with with their power and and so it's going to be a tough call to to get to a point where. Um, they are classified as employees, but some of them are unionizing now. So we are, I think we're going to see a lot more of, of unions being built, uh, being created and organized around gig workers. So, right, and, right. and again, like I said, the, go ahead. I was just going to say, and, and also in just go researching, ahead, uh, you know, this story, some other, uh, articles 
kind of came up, um, particularly with Amazon. And Amazon is using AI on their delivery drivers that is supposedly supposed to make them safer. But they are like, do you know, I don't want to get dinged for turning on my turning signal. So I'm just going to merge over without doing It's like, what? And it's, you Insane. know, AI Insane. Can and be then there was, crazy um, sometimes. And then did you see the report? There was also a recent report, uh, and it was on the guy's video camera captured it. It was a guy that worked for Amazon. He was like an executive that was getting a package delivered to his home. And the driver, I guess there's a rule that you're not allowed to walk across people's grass when you deliver mm-hmm. packages for Amazon, but the driver did. And I think his justification was like, so I could hurry up because if I have to go all the way down, you know, the, the, the walkway and then get to his walkway and that takes time and time is mm-hmm. money when you're an Amazon mm-hmm. driver, volume is key. And the guy, when I tell you ripped him a new one, cursed him out, called him the N word. I don't know where you get the N word from because the boy w- walked across the grass, but you know, like, I, and I think that guy has been relieved of duty at Amazon that the executive, um, mm-hmm. But but again, it just goes to show the the draconian rules that these that these gig workers and these delivery people have to live under that just really prevent them from being able to do their jobs. Yeah. Do, right. do I take the ding to walk across the yard or do I take the ding and use the sidewalk? I'll get more steps in, but it's going to take me longer to get there because 15 seconds this longer is, you know it, you know it's now i don't meet my quota for deliveries for the day because i had to stay on the sidewalk now my bonus is affected my pay is affected you know it, it's a it's a it's a um domino effect that happens mm-hmm. no but i'm just I'm, I'm looking at this article and i'm like some of the things they get dinged for using turn signals <laughs> if you turn so you isn't dinged, it but then you get a ticket for not signaling before you uh, yeah i'm like isn't it the law that you're supposed to use a turn signal or at least a hand signal so what are you supposed to do amazon stick your arm out the door and let people know you're about to stop turn left or right um so but then there's also the ai thing that we've been talking about since we started this podcast with the fact that they're looking at faces and trying to see who looks drowsy and who doesn't look drowsy based on their eye how how open their eyes are or whatever they're using, mm-hmm. but but that fails and and can be misinterpreted yeah. for people of color, and it's just it. Amazon do better. I yeah. mean, if I, that's pretty much going to be my my uh, <laughs> slogan. I'm gonna get a T-shirt and say "Do better." But yeah, I'm and just everybody like, just needs to do using better. turn signals, looking at your rear view mirror. I'm like, yeah, I thought these God were the forbid things forbid that you're supposed safely. to do. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, God it's, forbid it's, you drive safely. It's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Amazon, you know, and, and again, it just, it just speaks to, you know, it's, it's a lot of us out there doing this work and, you know, there, there are things that need, that just need to change. And, and when you, when you're not experiencing it, when, when it doesn't affect you directly, you just want your prime package delivered in 24 hours, like, like they said it would, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't tend to, to, to look at these issues as, as closely. Right. And that goes uh, to my question is, how do we put the genie back into the bottle when it comes to this? Because, you know, um, not taking, you know, taking personal responsibility. You know, I am an Amazon user and it is a plus that Mm -hmm. when I order something in a day or two at the latest, it's at my door. And then like, again, to my original point, you know, I feel like I am protecting myself and my family because I have these, um, these abilities to be able to deliver privilege. something. Call it what it privilege. is. Yes. Yes. That's mm-hmm. the word I'm looking for. Privilege to have this stuff delivered. And I'm like, all right, well, the more stuff I order, the more work I'm giving to delivery drivers, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's this weird, where, 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 where's the middle, you know, where's yeah. the middle between providing a, a, a product or providing a, a demand and making sure at the same time, there are precautions, there are safety, making sure, you know, again, all these workers are protected, make sure they have benefits, you know, I don't care what you say, whether they're contractors or employees or whatever the case may be, these people should have benefits. That's they right. should be, they should be able to do all of this work. And then if an ailment happens for them or their family, they should be able to go to their urgent care or go to their doctor or go to the emergency room and rest assured that 
how am I going to pay for this is the last thing on their mind. The That's first right. thing should, I need to be, take better care of myself, take better care of my family, not how I'm going to pay for this. Mm-hmm. When you've been working 12, 16 hours straight, sitting in a car, sedentary, right. you know, driving around, tearing up your health. Not able to, to go to the bathroom yeah. there either because right. I've heard plenty of reports about Amazon employees that keep you know, jugs and jars and bottles in their car, in their trucks so that they can relieve themselves in the truck and not have to, you know, waste time on that. So yeah, I I think at the end of the day, we're going to have to see these organizations get unionized. Um, Mm -hmm. It's probably going to result in more costs passed on to the consumer, but, Mm -hmm. but that's a price I would be willing to pay. Right. It right. really is. Yeah, you Especially asked about after the, hearing these stories. Yeah, you, you asked about the tip more. <laughs> you asked about the genie. You know, how do we put the genie back in the bottle? We don't. Um, no. it's, you know, we're, we're never going to go back to the way it was. These delivery, uh, the, the food delivery folks in New York, they were having issues well before COVID. Yeah. COVID just exacerbated it. And in yeah. some ways actually gave them some relief. I mean, there, there were, for independent contractors, there were specific you know, programs that are pretty much being ended state by state at this point um, to give them some relief. Um, That's going, that's going away. So, you know, we may get back to how we were pre COVID to where these issues were already bad. It's like, I really need to, uh, you know, uh, be able to not have my bike stolen from me. I really need to be able to to use the facilities somewhere on my route. Those kind of things, Mm -hmm. they, they really do need to be addressed. And I don't know. It's, you know. it's going to take somebody smarter than me to figure this out because, as I said, I, I do understand the business side of it. Um, I don't necessarily agree 100% with the business side of it, but I do understand it. It's like, well, the reason we're using contractors is because it's less expensive for us and we can ultimately you know, bolster yeah. our bottom line. I, I get why they are doing what they are doing. Um, so I don't – you know, happy middle ground doesn't exist. We need to figure something out. That is, uh, you know, that is going to have these workers out there with some protections. Um, well, I think the, the federal government can start start with not killing PUA. I mean, that mm-hmm. pandemic unemployment assistance was key for mm-hmm. millions of people across the country that couldn't work um, and couldn't do gig work because of this. So I think that needs to be a, a permanent fixture of unemployment compensation. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously our healthcare system is trash. So that right. needs an overhaul anyway and, and needs to have some uh, protections and some allowances included for gig workers, um, mm-hmm. the same as everybody else. So uh, I think that this we we have uh, we have talked about this. We're not going to solve anything in the show, but we kind of wanted to just bring up the plight of delivery drivers, delivery Tip riders, your delivery drivers. Tip them. Oh wow, I do got to say this: well. some systems don't even allow you to give them a tip. Wow. So slide them wow. out. Particularly, you know, I hardly use cash anymore. <laughs> I hardly use cash anymore, but I do keep it on hand so that if I do have somebody deliver something to the house, I can physically give them currency as compared Mm -hmm. to putting it through the system where they may have to share it with, you know, someone who had nothing to do with getting it it delivered or not getting it all. Um, We've heard of owners doing that. So, yeah, tip your delivery people, Uh, you know, be be nice to them. Um, One one of the things we started doing was, um, especially around the holidays, you know, Halloween on, we we put out the gift baskets with all the snacks. Oh, and all look the, at y'all! Y'all yeah. like those people I see on TikTok with the little right. with the water bottles and the, yeah. and, the, and the granola bars, waiting for the drivers and what? Right, right. But we don't look do that y'all. just to be on TikTok because that's a whole nother thing. It's yeah, like be kind, be kind for the In sake private. of being kind, and yeah. not trying to you know go viral. True. So that's about the time that we have for episode three. Um, But before we close the show out, um, we need to talk about all the patrons who have started supporting the show. So I think last week was the first time we did a read. We had a bunch more. So I'm going to go ahead and read out some names of some new patrons who are supporting us on Patreon. So let's start with Henry Kim, Andrew Marshall, Tyson Parker, Josh Grisdale, The Daily Tech News Show, Kilowatt, Reagan, the letter S, Daniel Hoffman, and Chris Ferguson. Uh, 
give all of you a shout out and thank you so much for supporting the show and we appreciate y'all yeah we we definitely appreciate y'all something that uh is out there now um we are going to call this stephanie had a great name the founding 50 so the first 50 of our patrons who support our show on patreon whatever your commitment level is you will get the podcast uh, you know, you can listen to an RSS feed directly from Patreon that will not have any ads in it. So that is for the first 50, the founding 50. And then we're going to actually set up tiers so that anyone um, who does not make that first 50, if you'd like to support the show, uh, we'll have tiers for you. One of those tiers will actually be a RSS feed where you will be able to listen to the show. But I do want to say for all of the folks who are out there supporting us right now, there will eventually be, a, right. you know, um, if, you're, if you're in that first 50, whatever your level is, whatever, whatever you, whatever ducats you decide to send our way, that is going to get you a ad free stream um, or, ad, or I should say ad free RSS. Uh, that you'll be able to listen to the show without having to hear our pre-roll, mid-roll, and end-of-show uh, type ad. So once again, we want to thank all of our patrons. I think we're up to 17 at this point. And uh, I was not expecting it to jump off that quickly. I mean, we had folks before we even said we were going to actually do the show for real every week that, where's your Patreon? Uh, you know, so this is all new to us. But we definitely want to give all y'all a shout out and say thank you for supporting the show. So with that, as always, I want to give each of y'all the opportunity to tell folks how they can hit you up and get you get to you online. I am all around the web at Tech Life Steph, and you can check out my website at tilldeathyoutweet.com. And I am Terrence Gaines, also known as Brother Tech Everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, I guess. <laughs> In addition to that, uh, me and my homegirl, Nika Monfort, we do have a our own podcast called The Snob OS Show, where we talk all things Apple and then some stuff. And I am at Rob Dunwood at all things. I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, at Rob Dunwood. And you can also check me out at my other show, smrpodcast.com. So with that, folks, till next week, peace. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm.